Hi, friends. This is Steve Schallenberger. To all of you who use an electronic or digital calendar, we have just released the number one time management tool to lead your life electronically. So to get your pre-week planning Chrome or Outlook extension, just go to dowhatmattersmostapp.com. All right. Have a great day. What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. Because great leaders will produce great results. All right, welcome back to our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. This is your host, Rob Schallenberger, and we have a treat in store for you today. This is going to be a great interview, and I'm going to get to that here in just a second. If you haven't had the chance to listen to people's stories recently, there's so much inspiration that can come from people's stories. We all have a story. Some people may like, oh, I don't have a story to tell. Well, that's not true. We all have a story to tell, and we can learn so much from each other's stories. And I'm excited for you to hear Ben Kerr's story today, because it's one of the most inspirational, motivational, just really incredible stories that I've heard. And I've I've had the chance to see Ben from afar for years. And then coincidentally, one of my very close friends is his brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And so it's just a small world. And we, we connected actually through them. And then we've had the chance to meet and become friends. He's been through our eight-week virtual breakthrough leadership conference. And we just become good friends. And, and I've always just continued to be amazed by him. And my respect level just goes up and up and up the more I learn about Ben. So let me just give you a brief intro. And then we're going to get into Ben's story. And, and I'm extremely confident that you're going to walk away from this podcast inspired, motivated, and just seeing life maybe through a slightly different lens than we did before starting this podcast. So first of all, Ben was born with Cruzone syndrome, and I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about that. One of the things that the doctors told him when he was young is that you're going to have a different life. And that's exactly what he's done. And you're going to hear a lot about that here on the podcast. And one of the things that I love that Ben consistently says is that it's about rising above life's challenges and becoming a victor, not a victim. And so we're going to talk specifically about what he means when he says that. Ben was UBU or Utah Valley University's first ever NCAA Division I wrestling All-American. And he also represented the USA team internationally. So uh, this is not the guy you want to wrestle with, you know, in the living room, have some fun. (laughs) He's also an international speaker. He's told his story to millions of people around the world. He's really gotten into real estate over the past six years. He's flipped nearly 200 properties. He's compiled a rental portfolio of almost 100 multifamily rentals in three storage unit complexes. So again, I'll let him talk about that aspect of his life and how that came about. Ben and his wife, Nicole, who I know, are proud parents of three beautiful adopted kids. And get this, all under the age of three. (laughs) So they have their hands full right now. And so we're going to get into this. So excited to have Ben here. First of all, Ben, welcome. And tell our listeners, just maybe expand a little bit more on your bio or background, if you don't mind. And then we're going to jump into your story. Rob, I'm so excited and pleased and honored to be here. I just thank you so much for having me. It's interesting because I love listening to stories. When I'm on the airplane flying or traveling, I'm the person that goes right to the documentaries. And I'm that type of individual. And I truly believe 
that it doesn't matter where you come from or what your background is or what your demographic is or, or what your skin color or female, male, whatever it is, we can all connect somewhere, someplace, or in something, in some angle of our life. Now, the listeners here, whether you're from around the other side of the ocean or not, or next door, you probably haven't wrestled like me. You probably haven't done real estate like me and maybe not have three kids under three years old or have (laughs) Cruzon syndrome, right? Maybe you just haven't had the experiences that I have. But I truly believe that we've all had the choice to choose, be backed against a corner, whether it's through pain, anguish, hate, or we wanted to get revenge on someone. And we're like, you know what? Am I going to be a victim or a victor? How am I going to choose? And I fully believe in my life, I've seen the same. We distinguish who we are and we set our legacies by the decision that we make in the darkest of times. So when a trial comes, when an obstacle comes, the next decision that we make will literally tell our future of what our legacy will hold and, and what will be remembered for. And, and this is one thing I love about Ben is his perspective on life. You know, and we've, we've talked about it now a couple of times that he was born with Cruzon syndrome. So tell our listeners what that actually is, Ben, and how has that impacted your life? Cruzon syndrome is a craniofacial anomaly. In other words, like mm-hmm. in normal English, non-doctor terms, right? It would, it would affect my face. And I would look different and I would eat different. I would, I would breathe different. I would hear different a little bit. Right. And why? Because the mid part of my face would grow to different speed, right? My upper, my upper jaw, my cheeks, a little bit of my eyes, my forehead and stuff like that. And what, what would that mean? What would that detail in my life? Well, I remember in junior high being able to, put a finger in my mouth, bite down and not touch my finger. So I'd go into the cafeteria. We'd have sandwiches, let's say, and I couldn't bite down on the sandwich. Or if I did, it would just make an indention. It wouldn't tear it apart. So I'd have to sit there and pick it apart and eat. I remember for all you fans out there that are just carnivores, right? That have to have meat for part of, part of your meals during the day. I didn't have my first steak that I could swallow until I was 21. Wow. Because I could literally just not bite down. I remember going to elementary school lunch and having like the French dip sandwiches and just people making fun of me because I couldn't legitimately bite down and tear a piece of sandwich off. And so I have to pick it apart and my hands would get dirty. I remember going to the restaurant, ordering the steak just to be able to cut it up, put it in my mouth chew on it for the savor and the flavor of the liquid and then having the need to spit it out into the napkin because I couldn't swallow it because my teeth wouldn't just break it down to to being able to do that. More than anything, though, the doctors would tell my parents, you know what, you better save money, not just for his physical surgeries, save money for the therapy and the emotion And the people that maybe the psychologist that he'll have to chat with. And they would say that, as you can imagine, because there would be an emotional side to this healing. And that healing would come and those pains and those uh, situations would, would, would be a lot different. So I would have many, many experiences 
that would affect me. And you ask, well, how did it affect me? I'll give you one example. I remember going to, I remember going to the market and my little buddy growing up uh, would go, you know, and he, he would go to his mom and his mom would be like, Hey, I just need you. I would just need you to come to the store with us and she would bribe us with chocolate. Right. It's just so we would help out. And he had a big family. I remember loading her grocery cart up with all this food and going to check out. Now, Mind you, this is way before automatic checkout, way before drone delivery and all this stuff. So you actually waited in line at the grocery store. We were second in line. There are tons of people behind us. And I'll never forget grabbing the Twix off the shelf, feeling like I was like the grand champion of the lottery and feeling this feeling in the corner of my eye that something was about to happen. There was an adult and his two kids, a little boy and a little girl that were about my age. And as my friend's mom was putting her groceries up on the table to start to check out, this gentleman was getting ready to pay and leave. But not before he would do this. In elementary, in my simple mind, I had been used to people making fun of me. Unfortunately, as that, as that may, how sad as that may sound. But this adult was different. Adults didn't usually do this. Kids, yeah, they didn't know any better sometimes. But he would look at me, grab his kids, and out loud in front of everyone, it was like rush hour traffic at the, at the grocery store, right? And he would say, look at that boy. Look how funny he looks. Can you believe that boy has any friends? Look how funny he is. Look, I mean, I can't even believe this. Let's, you know what? As he hurried and packed up his stuff, he stopped talking as he was like worried. I remember peeking out of the corner of my eye, just folding my arms. I forgot like how the Twix candy bar felt in my hand. It was just like melting. And looking down, I remember looking down at my shoes and they were little, just like kids' shoes, you know. And if you remember those, I remember thinking if it were these ugly shoes that he was making fun of, I would have thrown them. Five aisles is over just to never see him again. But I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of the pain of what he was making fun of me for. It was something I couldn't change. Before the man left, he grabs his kids, shoves them behind him, grabs his bags that he just paid for. And as he was walking out, like he was getting ready to get away from a monster, protecting his kids, he was saying, let's get out of here. Hurry, let's get out of here because I don't want you to touch him. Don't touch him. Because he's probably contagious. And you, can't, you can't have that. And I remember going home, just awkward in the car, drive home, running inside and going to my running. And my mom was home, luckily. She was a stay-at-home mom, running into the office, my dad's office. And off the office is my dad's bathroom, melting down on the wall and literally trying to figure out in my elementary mind how to take off my face physically. My mom luckily broke in like a ninja that she was, right? <laughs> Cuddled on me. And she's like, Ben, are you going to do this every time you have a hard time? Are you going to cuddle with toilets? Are you going to hug toilets? Or are you going to step up and, and, and be somebody? Make the difference your difference for change. Make your situation a situation that you can rise from and thrive and not just survive, that's not what life's about. And so in that moment, she did things that my life literally would change my life, Rob. 
And this is what I challenge my, the listeners to do. In the moment of darkness, in the moment of doubt, will you feel like there's something that needs to change? Will you feel like sometimes there's no way out? So you think about checking out. My mom would repattern my thought process through a verbal positive self-talk and what people call incantations. In my prepubescent voice, my mom's voice is like lower than mine at this point, right? <laughs> She's like, Ben, come on. You get to believe that you are somebody. And I'm like, I, I believe I'm somebody. All right, let's do it. <laughs> you get to step up. Okay, mom, I want to step up. You get to defy the odds. You know what, mom? I can defy the odds. And I would repeat this after her to today. Rob, when I go and speak in front of thousands of people, stadiums, or even just a room of, of you know, single moms or kids, I repeat that before I go out and I tell myself that I'm not just enough, but I'm, I'm, I'm who I'm meant to be. I'm who God created me to be so that I can make the impact that he, he, uh, he wanted me to have. I mean, what an amazing story. And it hasn't gone away though, has it? I mean, I, I caught one of your Facebook posts. I don't know how long ago it was, a year or so ago. You've shared this story before where, you know, you adopted these children not too long ago, fairly recently. And someone made a comment about your face on Facebook regarding the adoption of the children. Like, you know, how could you adopt these children or something like that? Tell our listeners about that. I mean, you shared that experience and I just loved your response to these kind of things because you can tell that this is something that you've really become a part of your character. And I think all of us can learn so much from the way that now you respond to people like this. And if you don't mind just sharing that, that was really inspiring to me. Absolutely. And I appreciate you bringing that up. You know what? Uh, for the listeners who don't know my story, um, sometimes you think your, your journey of challenges is over. Like, hey, I'm going to be overcoming cruise on syndrome. <laughs> Woo! Right. And, and I'm beyond that. I believe who I am. I'm comfortable well, our story in having kids is we got married 10 years down the road, four IVF cycles, two miscarriages, two failed adoptions, a ton of money and heartache involved. We got a call to go pick up a baby boy. What Rob is talking about is a YouTube video that I posted on on Facebook. And if you go on YouTube, it's a video of me and my beautiful wife adopting these two beautiful kids that we heard about just like days before. And coming home and totally surprising my family and it went viral and we filmed it and it's on YouTube under care adoption story. My last name, K-J-A-R. Well, I tell you, in the moments of your celebration, in the most glorious times of your life, having kids, being a dad, right? And just dreaming of coming home and having your kids run up to you and say, dad, dad, like that was a dream of mine. The simplest things that are natural were a dream of mine because I was kept from it. In those times of celebration and, and telling the world, look at what, what we were able to do, and it, it changed your life. There are people out there that will take the low side and they will try to pierce you with their anger darts. And I've had the opportunity to celebrate with many people around the world in, in our adoption story. But I've also had the opportunity to connect and have empathy with people going through pain. And the specific one you were talking about was uh, a person coming out and saying, you know what? Of course, they adopted. I would never want to have kids if I had a face like him anyway. And I can't. And there are many other comments saying, like, you know what? I can't believe adoption parents would even select that type of human to be a parent 
to that, uh, to those kids. Crazy. Well, you know what? I want to tell this story. If you don't mind, there are people out there that posted some nasty things. And this is the story. This is the moment. <clears throat> and this is the opportunity that we all have. Whatever you're going through, whatever darts thrown at you, what do you do with those and how do you react? And let me tell you something. If I would have reacted like, like a victim and been and fought back and punched back, if you remember, I've trained wrestling my entire life. I'm a trained warrior. I could have, I could have reached through the monitor type of deal, you know, <laughs> and, and just taken them out. And, and we feel that way, Rob. Many people say, oh, just I for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Well, no, that's not the right way. But it's also not easy to turn the other cheek. It's not natural. But guess what? To be unnatural is amazing. To be unnatural, to not live a natural life, not to be a robot in the in the life of, of, of the normal people out there. It's cool to be abnormal. It's cool to step above and beyond. I want to tell you a quick story that changed my life. There's a lady that posted a crazy meme of me looking like the guy off the Goonies, right? The sloth with the Superman shirt that says, hey, you guys, right? And it was pretty nasty. And uh, in front of millions of people after this video went viral, I remember she saw how I reacted to another individual that said I didn't look human. And I ended up inviting him over to my house through a little discussion. And he apologized because of how I reacted in kindness. And I invited him over to my house to meet my kids. What a change of events. But she saw that response and she deleted the video. Days later, she would send me a message on Facebook. And Rob, you'll never believe what she said. She says, Ben, I came to you in anger. I want to apologize. Will you please, please forgive me? I posted this video and I know it, it caused you harm and anger. And, and, and you're probably pretty sad and hurt by it. I want you to know why I came to you in anger. I want to know why I singled you out, even though it was a celebratory time. Your oldest boy, his name is Liam. I want you to know that I lost a boy at two and a half years old from a heart defect. This happened right before I saw your story and I made that comment. When you were accepting and rejoicing in your adoption of Liam, I just lost a boy named Liam. And that, that pierced me, Rob, emotionally when I heard that story, because if I would have came back to her, in pain and anger, what would have that done to that lady who just lost her boy? I was blessed to be able to have the character and the strength to come back. And, and you know what? Tell her my thoughts and feelings of love and admiration for her as a mother and that she'll have the ability to hold that baby one more time and many more times in the future. And that uh, God is very, very good and merciful and, and, and he loves us. So, there's opportunities that we all have to come back and forgive that individual, to love on that person that may have harmed you because we have no idea where they've been or what they're going through. And this is what you mean by being a victor, not a victim. Exactly. The opportunity to choose, even though we don't want to choose the higher road, we choose the victor opportunity and we choose to be victorious in that moment. Well, I love it. I hope people can sense the goodness that's in Ben's heart and the lessons that we learned from this. You know, my thought as you were sharing that, Ben, very touching story is the title of our book, our company, everything is Becoming Your Best. 
And it's not become your best, it's becoming. And we've actually put a lot of thought into the difference in those two words. And as I'm listening to your story, and I hope all of our listeners are doing the same, is we're reflecting on who are we becoming? You know, what are these opportunities for us to respond in like kindness as you did when it's not easy to, when emotions are high, it's a lot easier to, you know, punch back. (laughs) And so this is the whole journey of becoming that we're talking about. I hope that all of our minds are really going and thinking about how can we become in this process of becoming a better version of ourselves. Here's something, Ben, that I'd just switching gears just a little bit. If you don't mind, I'd love you to share just a couple of thoughts on this. I'm not sure if some of the people listening to this around the world in different parts of the world may realize what a monumental feat it is to become an NCAA Division I All-American wrestler. That is a huge deal. And for anybody that's wrestled, I don't know of a sport out there that is more grueling or demanding on your body. I mean, two minutes into it, you know, every muscle in the body is clamoring, saying, enough. (laughs) The whole body's just on fire burning, right? So it's just a tough sport, man. And it breeds champions. It breeds that mentality that we've heard you express here in the last 20 minutes. So being that that is such a huge feat, you don't just get to be an All-American without this champion mindset that you're talking about and the victor, not a victim. I mean, there's so much hard work. There's so many quote unquote failures. There's so many challenges that you've got to have that kind of mindset to become that kind of champion or an All-American wrestler. So along that journey of wrestling and, and any other aspect, what are one or two of the biggest things that you took away from that whole journey that have impacted your life? Because I can only imagine that that has really become a part of shaping you into who you are. Yeah, that's so true. Wrestling has absolutely changed my life and impacted who I am and who I, who I'm still becoming, as you said, which is phenomenal and your book's phenomenal. So I tell you what, there's two takeaways. I'll tell you right now, step out, do it. The moment I became an all American was in Philadelphia in front of 20,000 people And uh, I wasn't wearing a football mask. You can't hide behind it. My face was the difference, right? I would go through interviews where they would interview me and, and, and there would be trolls that would come. Step out and do it. Whatever you guys are thinking about doing, it may be starting a business. It may be starting a family. It may be not starting anything, but quitting. It may be saying no to good things, but just saying yes to great things. Right. Sometimes we think that, oh, yeah, we just got to do good things. No, sometimes it's even better to save your time and your opportunity for the only great things in your life. So that's one thing I took away. Do it. Step in, even though people are going to see you, they're going to see you fail. They're going to see you in your wrestling leotard, per se, your singlet. (laughs) And that's about it. And they know if you lost and it's up to you. Number one, do it. Be a part of the failures, bounce back. And there's a saying that many people just like have, it's wrong. And for decades, it's been wrong. Centuries, they're like, if you fall down six times, what do they say? How many times do you have to get up, Rob? Yeah, seven, seven times 77. I mean, a million, yeah. Right, right. And many people say that. They're like, if you get, if you fall down six times, you have to get up seven. It's not even that hard. Not that it's not hard to get up, but When you fall down six times, you really just have to get up six times. You fall down once, you get up once. So the moment of failure is really just a rebounding. Number one, do it and don't be afraid of failure. Number two is this, win before you win. I remember stepping on the scale. You have to make weight in wrestling if you don't know that. 
and you step on the scale. If you're wrestling 125 pounds, you have to weigh 125.00. You can't even be one ounce above. I remember standing there looking around and even before I ever put my wrestling gear on, even before I placed my shoes up or my headgear or ran out in the crowd with the lights on me, even before the sweat started, I mentally won. I remember looking around, stepping on the scale and being like, man, who is going to take second today? Who is going to take second? They must have wasted their time. They shouldn't even have lost weight to show up. So I, I had those two things that would absolutely change my life. Be willing to do it, rebound from the failures, learn from them, and then win before you would win. And understanding that you will achieve and know the success, how it feels, how it smells, what it tastes like long before you would ever feel that. Yeah, a form of that, you know, word we use, you've heard this is chair flying or, you know, we're creating the mental, if I understand you correctly, you're saying create the mental reality prior to the physical reality. In other words, you'd already won in your mind. You saw what that, I love the way you said that. Who's going to finish second today? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think we can all relate to this on both sides of the coin. There are times where we have mentally won before and there's times where we've mentally lost. You know, I'll use golf as an example. How many times, if, if you've ever, for our listeners, if you've ever been out there, how many times have we lined up with that ball? And just before we swing, my last thought is, or your last thought is, I know this ball is going to slice. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, what does it do? It slices. Versus those other times where you're like, man, I just can't lose. I'm just nailing this thing. And there's such confidence stepping up to that ball. It's like, I'm just going to crush this thing. How far down the middle of the fairway is it going to go? And what a difference in those mentalities. And I just love that, Ben, that that's something that comes with repetition and training and and being very intentional with our mindset, because it's so easy to let the alternative negative creep in, you know, all the what ifs. And very rarely is there anything good in the two words, what if? Because our minds, for most humans, tend to spin that to the negative. Well, what if this happens? What if I don't finish first? What if? And so I just love that, that thought process. Here's one more thought, you know, and I, and I just love the whole concept of this and the tenor of this conversation, Victor, not a victim. If I understand, Stood correctly, Ben, several years ago, you lost your job and that's what then propelled you into the real estate market. And we only have a few minutes left. So maybe you can just expound on that, how, you know, what may have been a perceived challenge at the time actually turned into a huge opportunity. In 2014, I remember uh, getting called down to the office by my dad and my brother. <laughs> if it's worse the case scenario, I don't know what it is being let go. Because, uh, the, you know, the company would eventually um, shut down and I was one of the people to go. I had the opportunity to decide, you know, would I work up at my family cabin and get paid what I was getting paid to dig trenches? Or, you know, would I have a new beginning? And I chose to have a new beginning. I remember packing my stuff up in a box and actually having a relief of my wings being clipped and being able to soar. 2021, I done stuff all over the country. We just bought a bunch of beach condos out in North Carolina and, and storage unit complexes and, and developments. And it's incredible what we can do in three to five years. I think many people out there, Rob, you meet them all the time, highly underestimate what they can. Oh, let me say this overestimate, highly overestimate what they can do in one year but massively, massively underestimate what we can do in three to five years. Year number one, I flipped two houses 
if I would have quit after year number one, I would have been victorious with two houses. A few years later, I'd be flipping 40 houses at the same time across the country. So if you're listening out there and you wake up today and you're like, can I do this? Absolutely. With consistency and repetition, you can become whatever you want to be with intentional work and surrounding yourself with the right people. And Rob, I remember being a part of your mastermind and being around those people from around the globe and being like, this is a good place to be. People that are like-minded, connecting, and people that you that you attract, and that's success. So I appreciate you for allowing me to share my story. I appreciate you for allowing me to uh, allow other people to know that they have a story and that they can tell it and to not be afraid. And yeah, there's going to be people that say bad things, but guess what? We can come back with love and be a victor and not a victim, and that's how you live a life that's totally abundant in another level. Well, and, and here's one of the common themes I see throughout your life, Ben, whether it's an All-American in wrestling, whether it's the, the grind of the real estate, you know, to the first year and now just completely crushing it. I love the statement, we overestimate in one year, but totally underestimate three to five years. And I think what I see in your life is you take that same mentality to everything you do. In wrestling, All-American, you know, real estate, hey, first year, two homes, well, great, you know, good start. But then massive difference a couple of years later. Three adopted children after numerous years of, of, of trying to get there. And, and here you are. And for me, it's just an inspiration. It's, it's such a great example that if we can surround ourselves with the right people, if we can adopt this mindset that you're talking about, victor, not a victim. And that if we'll step out, if we'll do, it's amazing what can actually happen in life. And like you, I believe that all things work out for our good. If we're doing our best, if we're giving our best effort, there is a higher power. There is a God. And that all things will work out for our good. So Ben, as we get ready to wrap up, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. And, and thank you so much. I, I believe that we're given another day, not every day. And one time that those days are going to run out, but to have gratitude, gratitude is the anecdote of life. We thrive from that gratitude. Imagine if we wake up tomorrow morning and realize that we truly are a king and that our wives are, 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 king, are queens, and our kids are that in training, and that we can live a life of true royalty, and we are, we are an heir to many blessings, many, many blessings. And if we can have that abundant mentality, then our lives and our perspective will be completely different and we will treat other people different. We will embrace them. We will have empathy for them, no matter what they look like or smell like or what their demographic is or how big their house is. But I tell you what, we are so blessed. And as long as we can realize that, uh, that we're meant to do big things, then uh, I think life could be very, very interesting and we can live in a very different way that can be truly rewarding and fulfilling. Oh, I love it, Ben. How can people find you? You know, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, website, whatever it is, how, pe how can people find you that may want to follow you or get to know more about you? Instagram and Facebook are the two biggest things. Again, my name is Ben. Last name is K-J-A-R. It's Danish. So K-J-A-R. <laughs> and I have the opportunity to speak all over. And I would, I would love to connect and collaborate with tons of people. And Rob, you're a fantastic person. You're a man of light, a man of influence. And Thank you so much again for allowing me to just share a few of my 
my golden nuggets that have impacted me in my life. And uh, I hope you guys out there and listen, you listeners out there have just been able to take away one or two things today. And for you guys to come back and just connect with Rob and what he's doing, because he has more and more people that will choose to come out and, and share. And so uh, I appreciate you and I appreciate your connection and, and your friendship. So God bless you, brother. Well, thank you, Ben. I feel the same about you. And Appreciate you being here, Ben. To all of our listeners, thank you. You know, I began this podcast hoping and really promising, because I knew we would be, that we would be inspired walking away from this, that we would want to become better versions of ourselves in this journey of becoming. And I know I have. And so thank you, Ben, for sharing your story. For all of our listeners, I hope you felt the same. And I, I hope you'll share this with the circle of influence, the people in your life who you're surrounded with, whether that's your children whether that's your friend or other family members, whether it's your coworkers, because you never know what they're going through. And I'm confident that what Ben just shared today could have an impact on anyone's life who's willing to listen to this. So I hope you'd be willing to share this story because it's powerful. And so with that being said, we hope you have a wonderful day and a great rest of your week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.